You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Well, I think it's it's going to be a freaking dogfight that no one is consistently running on them. There's been spots here and there. It's going to be a pretty pretty tough, tough, not pretty tough. It's going to be real tough. It's 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 Wisconsin. You know, I, I'm sure somewhere behind the scenes, old Coach Alvarez is making sure that uh, Wisconsin still looks like Wisconsin also. Uh, and, and they certainly do that. And, um, and again, that's uh, part of uh, Coach Chris' uh, heritage, too. You know, they're just one of those teams that uh, we're going to be in a boxing match. You know, they're going to put us in the corner. And we just got to swing out of it. And, uh, you know, on film, you just, they're disciplined. And they just keep hitting you with the same play. So, you know, especially in secondary, it all comes down to our eyes and fits and, you know, overall toughness and you know, whoever uh, swings the most punches is going to win the game. I think we're going to learn how strong that our will to win is. You know, these games, they haven't been pretty. You know, my heart's been going in a lot of them and uh, I'd like to have a couple where that's not the case. But no, we're going to find that, that our will to win is up there with, with, with the best in the country. You know, no matter what team's in front of us, we're going to prepare the same and uh, find a way to win somehow. Well, here we go, Nebraska-Wisconsin here on Saturday. We're going to find out a lot about this Nebraska football team. Welcome to another of the edition of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, Robin Washett. As, uh, we're going to get you geared up here for the next hour as Nebraska travels to Wisconsin. It's a 6 p.m. game on ESPN. Uh, the Badgers are 5-2, and two, ranked number 11, uh, with just two seven-point losses to Michigan and Ohio State. Nebraska 7-0, and oh, up to number 6 now in the coaches' poll, 7 in the AP poll, but um, it's just one of those games where I think everybody has this kind of wait-and-see approach, uh, how Nebraska handles this stage, what they do against maybe the most battle-tested team right now in college football, and if they come out to Madison and have a good showing, Robin, um, you know, who knows kind of what the national narrative will be about Nebraska after this weekend. It changes everything. I mean, because the knock on Nebraska is they haven't played anybody. Well, they go up into Madison on national television and beat the 11th-ranked team in the country. Hey, that argument goes out the window. So a uh, huge opportunity for Nebraska here, and I think that that's the way that they're viewing this. And I know a lot of fans uh, are very hesitant about this, uh, maybe feeling a little bit um, gun-shy from what has happened in previous instances like this over the years. But this is a different team. Uh, you know, this team doesn't go up and get blown out. I mean, they haven't really been embarrassed, you know, the way that, you know, previous teams before Mike Riley's staff took over uh, did in the past. So I think that this is going to be a much different um, situation than what you know Nebraska fans, I guess, have become used to uh, over the previous decade or so in, in games like this. Well, yeah, your, your worst loss, is, you know, of, the, of a Mike Riley Nebraska team is what ten points? Ten points at Purdue. So, I mean, yeah, the, and they were going they, for two to make it an eight eight point game at yeah. that point. They, so, yeah, they they have not been blown out. So, I think the one thing you, that you know is this is going to be a dogfight. It's going to be a close game. Uh, but there's no question that that this is a validation game for Nebraska to, to and I think would prove a lot to a lot of people that that hey we're for real we're a good team we belong where we're at right now and and there's something about Madison though and I think it's more from the fan base perspective there's just this psychological Wisconsin hurdle for Nebraska right now um, almost like a Texas in the Big Twelve where. For whatever reason, Nebraska just can't beat Wisconsin. They're one and four against the Badgers. The one game they had success was the game in Lincoln, and I believe Wisconsin might have filed it, fired that offensive line coach right after that game because Wisconsin's offensive line was a disaster at that point under Brett Bielema, and then they ended up still going to the Rose Bowl uh, that same year. Um, so, it, it, you know, Nebraska goes up there in 2011. Um, they were the, they were picked to win the Big Ten that year, and the first year of the league, Russell Wilson. 
you know, no one knew how good this guy really was, and he puts on a show um, and, and just destroys Nebraska and gives Nebraska their, you know, a taste of Big Ten football. And then 2014, Nebraska has a a, a good start. I think it was seven, eight, eight and one. Where they set, and there's eight and one with a 17 to seven lead. Or, mm-hmm. I mean, they were up by a good 10, 10 to 14 points. And then Corey Cooper gets hurdled by Melvin Gordon. And I, I remember turning to you, Robin, and I yep. go, this game's over. Yeah. Um, you, you just knew once Melvin Gordon woke up, that game changed. And that goes back to my point. Like that, Those teams under Bo Pelini, you knew all it would take was just one bit of adversity and things were going to fall apart, especially in a game like that. But I don't think that's the case with this team. I mean, they've been at their best you know, when the game is on the line. And so that's why I, I feel a lot more optimistic than uh, I probably normally would, uh, just, just because I don't think that this, this Nebraska team is going to let you know, one bad break or two completely destroy uh, their overall product of a game. It takes more than one play or or one bad situation for this team to uh, to to panic. And really, we haven't seen them panic. There there hasn't been a moment where it seems like they're grasping at straws and um, you know and things are coming undone, coming unraveled. So uh, I, I think you that's that's good to have in your makeup. Good to have you know it, it kind of woven into the fabric of this team that that no matter what's going to happen, that you know that you can be on the road and um, and when something doesn't go your way, you're going to be alright. Right. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Nate Klaus. We're getting you geared up for Saturday's showdown in Madison. It's a 6 o'clock ESPN game as uh, number 7 Nebraska will take on number 11 Wisconsin. And um, I think something interesting, too, about this team, Robin, is they haven't – it's not been easy for them each week. So in some ways, you know, they haven't had that, like, you know what, we're so good we can just show up and win mm-hmm. by 40. They've had a really mentally grind um, – Every Big Ten game. And and that's how it should be, honestly, in a conference. There, there aren't any give-me's. I think last week we just assumed Purdue was going to be a give-me game, mm-hmm. and uh, it wasn't. I mean, Nebraska had to grind that victory into the fourth quarter. Riker Fife didn't even get into the game. Um, so in some ways, I think that's helped this team that – They've had to mentally stay tuned in for four quarters. Yeah, and uh, the numbers speak for themselves. And while that's good, the way they've been able to close out the game, at the same time, uh, something needs to change with how they're doing in the middle portions of the game. I mean, the second and third quarter numbers have been downright atrocious offensively. And the defense has played well enough uh, to keep things you know, well within reach that they've been able to you know, flip the switch in the fourth quarter. But uh, you can't go into Wisconsin on the road. You can't go to Ohio State. You can't go to Iowa or you know, wherever it may be and expect to just sleepwalk through two quarters of a game and, you know, pull it out in the end. And so as good as they've been closing out games, uh, they definitely need to improve in the middle portion. Yeah, and I think that's something they've been looking at, whether it's just – you know, a, a rhythm deal. They they kind of get discombobulated in those second and third quarters and try to try to find their way. I don't know. Um, and Reggie Davis has talked about them trying to to figure out exactly what it is, and, and so they can kind of correct that. I know they've worked on some different tempos and uh, trying to to keep a rhythm going, stay mentally focused during those second and third quarters. But there's no question that uh, you're not always going to have the type of fourth quarter performances as we've seen so far out of this team. Yeah, other interesting thing will be injuries this week and how Nebraska holds up and and we'll get into more of that in our next segment with the offensive line but um, it was clearly an issue against Purdue Um, both tackles uh, David Neville and Nick Gates struggled Um, and and you know if you can't protect it's gonna be hard for Tommy Armstrong to do a whole lot and if you know Tommy's a rhythm thrower if he can just get rid of the ball in rhythm he's really good Uh, but if he has to hold the ball and run around 
that's where the mistakes always happen, and that that will be huge this week. Yeah, you cannot take chances against Wisconsin's defense. They've had eight interceptions on the season, 11 total turnovers, and so they're an opportunistic group. And uh, as we've seen, you know, the last two times they've been up there, all it takes is one or two mistakes for, uh, you know, really just put yourself behind the eight ball. And so not just pass protection, too. Running the, the offensive line in the run game, especially in early downs, keeping drives on schedule and avoiding those third and long situations where it's obvious Tommy has to drop back and throw the ball. Uh, they they got to stay out of those as much as possible. And so getting, you know, effective, you know, three, four, five yards on first down will be critical uh, just to keep some of that pressure off the offensive line and off Tommy Armstrong. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Robin. You have to stay on schedule against this Wisconsin defense because if there's anything we know about Tommy Armstrong is when he feels uncomfortable uh, back there in the pocket or, and when a team can kind of tee off on him and just, you know, pin their ears back, you know, that's when things are going to become interesting and, and he's going to be more prone to making some mistakes. So uh, it's to me, it's all about offensively Nebraska staying on schedule against that defense. All right, well, we've got a full show on tap. Uh, Jordan Westerkamp is going to play. We're going to talk about that in our next segment and what he could bring and uh, also get you geared up for the defensive challenges Nebraska faces against the Badgers, led by running back Corey Clement. Uh, we'll take your questions in the mailbag of the Nate Klaus. We'll wrap things up uh, with what's going on in the world of Husker recruiting. All of that's next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, it was, it was just... Uh... Little fractures on the the transverse process on the on the, the spine. So you have your vertebrae and there's like the little things that kind of stick out like that. I, but but uh, that wasn't like the, the most serious part. The serious part was just just the contusion to that to that area, the muscle. Uh, I wouldn't say the most serious part, but the, the hardest part to get back to running uh, was that just to be able to get the muscles to relax and to. I mean, because it's in a spot where everything you're doing, you're, you know, you're kind of feeling that. So rehab like crazy. Huge credit to, to Mark Meyer in the training room. Get me back. Um, it's uh, it's been tough, but I'm glad to be back. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was Jordan Westerkamp going full medical mode there. As I know Nate Klaus got a good. Uh, can you repeat what he just said, Nate? The yeah. what and the what? I, I just love how nonchalant Jordan Westerkamp is. Oh yeah, no big deal. It's just a yeah. uh, just a few fractures to the transverse processes along my spine. It's like what? Yeah, you know my fractured spine. That wasn't, wasn't the worst part. It was it was the muscles. I'm 36 years old and I don't think I've ever used those words before. So uh, Jordan Westerkamp definitely knows. He's learned a little bit about his injury and he's going to be back. He's practiced all week. Sean Callahan, Robin Washington, Nate Klaus. The question we start this segment off with is how much realistically can Nebraska expect to get from Jordan Westerkamp. I caught a few glimpses of him in action on Wednesday and Tuesday. He was running. He was catching the ball. Um, he he worked up a good sweat. Um, I would be I wouldn't be surprised at all, Robin, if he, if it's a full workload for him on Saturday. Yeah, and if nothing else, I mean, he doesn't even need to get you know the same number of catches you know he was getting before the injury. Just his presence alone out there. I mean, Wisconsin will have to account for him. I mean, wherever he's on the field. They have to know where number one is, and that opens things up for every other receiver, um, you know, in that offense, and even opens some things up for the running game too. And so, uh, just having him back from a morale standpoint, um, from a confidence standpoint for this offense is going to be absolutely huge. And 
really anything you get numbers wise uh, on top of that is just a bonus. Yeah, that's kind of where I come out on this whole deal is just having Jordan Westerkamp's presence out there is a big deal because for the last two years, Wisconsin has put their best guy on Jordan Westerkamp, mm-hmm. regardless of where he's lined up. So having him out there is, is going to change the way that they cover Nebraska. Um, and, and like you said, Robin, I, I think that will open things up. And if it doesn't, then I think Jordan Westerkamp's healthy enough to, to make a big imp- impact in this game from talking with him and and talking with Keith Williams this week, I, I think that it's it's pretty clear that they feel very good where he's at and uh, that he's, he's going to be able to make some plays out there. And speaking of opening things up, I think when you look at this matchup for Nebraska, they can't just go Trey Foster, Sam Cotton, and Luke McNitt and expect that to move the ball on Wisconsin as far as heavy sets go. Uh, I think they have to spread it out. They've got to run out of three and four wide shotgun mm-hmm. sets try to get some spacing to give Tommy Armstrong the ability to see things uh, because that Wisconsin, they want you to get inside the trenches. That That's how they want you to play. But if you can get them spaced out and, and Tommy the ability to maybe see some matchups or get those linebackers in coverage, that to me is where Nebraska could have a, a way to get some consistency on offense. I agree 100% because if Nebraska thinks they're going to come in there and load up the, you know, let Wisconsin load up the box and just run right at them and, you know, see who the tougher unit is, that's not going to go too well. Seven can't block nine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so what you need to do is, like you said, spread things out, um, you know, get those linebackers outside of the box, you know, make them account for somebody in coverage. And then I think Tommy Armstrong needs to be a bigger runner as well. I mean, that, that's a weapon that kind of has been underutilized the last few weeks. And if there was ever a situation where you need to get Tommy's legs more involved, this is it. So I think that's, you know, spread Wisconsin's defense out. Don't let them just put eight, nine guys in there because you're going to lose that, you know, nine times out of ten. Yeah, Wisconsin would love to play this game in a, in a phone booth uh, and, and just keep things really tight and compact here. And, um, you know, in, for Nebraska, it's all about spreading things out for sure. And I don't care what anyone says. Wisconsin has to be physically beat up a little bit. And we know some of the injuries going into this game. Uh, Sitchi, their leading tackler, a linebacker, is out for the season uh, that's huge. Now, the backup guy that played behind him has has done well, too, mm-hmm. though. But Jack Sitchi out. Uh, you know, T.J. Watt um, has been battling, you know, s- some injuries a little bit. I know he left the Iowa game banged up a little bit. Vince Beagle just returned this week um, against Iowa uh, after missing, what, three or four games in mm-hmm. a row. Um, so that's big. And then their, their nose tackle, um, Sapolo, Sapolu, um, you know, a huge guy in the middle is going to miss his next game in a row. And then two of their corners, Derek Tindall, who I believe is going to play or now expected to play, has been banged up. And then uh, Natrell J- uh, Jamerson, who would be kind of like their third corner, is also, um, you know, potentially out for this game. Yeah, Tindall's their best guy, too. He leads the team in interceptions. And, you know, we talked about Nebraska spreading the ball around. I mean, you, if you can get yourself some one-on-one matchups with Nebraska's receivers against some banged-up Wisconsin corners, hey, you know, that's an advantage you might need to take a bit, you know, exploit. So, um, yeah, I think that you know, people talk about Nebraska's offensive line, you know, being such a disadvantage with how banged up they are. Well, on the other side of the ball isn't much better. Wisconsin's hurting right now, as we expected uh, coming off the meat grinder of that schedule. Um, uh, so I, I think that it's going to be a little bit more of a leving, level playing field than a lot of people think. If you could utilize that, that quick pass game and, and take advantage of some of those matchups out the outside with, with some of Nebraska's receivers against that secondary, I think that would be um, you know something something good for that offense to take uh, advantage of. Well, then next week, Wisconsin plays Northwestern. And you, know, you talk about getting them at the right time. Northwestern's yeah. playing well and – you know, they, that's a game I could easily see Northwestern winning. Just the timing of it and the way they're playing, 
mean, they put up 50-some points on Michigan State, mm-hmm. which I don't care who you are. That's a lot of points against a Mark D'Antonio team. Um, so the Badgers, it's not going to get any easier for them. I mean, they don't get Illinois and Purdue until the, the back half end of the year there. And, and, and who knows where that team's going to be. They have Minnesota still as well after that. So um, this game will ultimately probably decide the West, though. If Nebraska were to win, they would have a three-game lead with four weeks to go. It's huge, absolutely huge. And then, you know, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with some of the other teams. I know, I guess Nebraska owns the tiebreaker over Northwestern. And if they beat Wisconsin and then are able to knock off Iowa, that'd be basically a game, set, match right there. Well, Iowa has Michigan still, too, and oh, okay. and, and Penn State on the road. Yeah, so that'll be tough. Uh, Penn State's playing great football right now, as we know, and that's in, in it's a night game in State College again. So mm. uh, the Hawkeyes are going to finally get a tough draw from the East, and we'll learn a lot about it. I mean, that Michigan game, because Kirk Ferentz team doesn't really ever get blown out, and I'll be really curious if they can keep it competitive when they play Michigan in a few weeks yeah I think at some point Michigan's got to slow down I mean they've just been so good in every single phase it seems like they can't make a mistake and eventually things are going to come back to earth there for Jim Harbaugh and company yeah and for Nebraska though yeah you win this weekend you pretty much control your own destiny but you drop this game and then all of a sudden uh, you're counting on some certain things to to go your way down the stretch to to win the west yeah, you'd have to have Wisconsin trip up somewhere mm-hmm. because a seven and two versus seven and two, they would have the tiebreaker on Nebraska at that point. Where if you own the tiebreaker, it's essentially another game lead. Um, where if you're tied, you're still up by one. So yeah, there is so much to play for. Um, you know, as far as the other injuries go, Nick Gates, um, he's practiced. Uh, he said the injury for him really happened on the, about the third play of the Indiana game, where it got bad for him. Uh, David Neville left his third game in a row, guys, um, last week, and that one's the one that worries me. Um, he hasn't played well, really, at times in these conference games, and he just keeps getting hurt. So, you know, Cole Conrad continues to be the guy that uh, gets the call and, and has done a decent job, but it's not ideal. No, especially uh, against what they're going to face here on Saturday. I mean, the level of competition for this offensive line is about to kick up in a big way. So uh, they're going to they're gonna have to answer the call in a big way. Yeah, if you could somehow, some way, get an entire game out of David, David Neville, that would be that would be huge for this offensive line. Even if he didn't play perfect, but just to have his presence out there um, and to get an entire game out of your starter would be a step in the right direction for this line. And this will be really the – the one of the, you know, the Northwestern had a really good defensive end, but to see guys like Beagle and TJ Watt, I mean, those are NFL first day, you know, top three round type guys. Um, you know, when you look at their talent level, so this is going to be a test that we haven't seen these tackles have to face. And you know, next week when they travel to Ohio State, it's going to be even tougher. Mm-hmm. Ohio State's got some pass rushing specialists that. Uh, could give Nebraska all kinds of problems in that game uh, in Columbus following this week. So uh, we're going to learn a lot about this offense and can they get it together and and score more points. I mean, that's been a big issue. So uh, lots to look at as they get ready to travel to Wisconsin. When we come back here on the program, we'll get you geared up for the defensive storylines to watch. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Big Ten, there's not a lot of separation from the top and, and the middle, really. And so any any week, any team can beat anybody. And so I think that's the biggest thing is it's all about who plays better on Saturday. And it, it really, as, we, as we've seen all year, it doesn't matter who it's against. The better team can win on Saturday if they show up on the right edge, and that's the big thing. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. That was linebackers coach Trent Bray as the Huskers 
uh, get ready to travel to Madison. And, and this is a reminder, if you are traveling to Madison, uh, make sure you check out our, our good friends here that sponsor this segment every week, Tanner's. Uh, Tanner's Sports Bar and Grill in Madison, uh, right across the street from the Team Hotel in Middleton. Uh, we'll be hosting Husker fans both Friday and Saturday. Uh, the ownership group is from Omaha and Lincoln, and uh, they expect to have big crowds. I know the last two times Nebraska's been there, it's been a packed house. So if you're looking for a place to go Friday night that's going to be Husker-friendly, make sure you check out Tanner's in Middleton, right across the street from where the Huskers are staying um, at their team hotel. So it should be a good time uh, for anyone that wants uh, to go out there on Friday night. But, uh, guys, we're going to shift over, talk defensive storylines um, in this matchup uh, for Nebraska. And you heard Trent Bray just talking about how close this team, this league is, and um, anything can happen. And we saw last week Penn State at home at night, um, colder temperatures, kind of limiting Ohio State and that atmosphere. It's going to be a similar atmosphere for, for Nebraska. A night game, Big Ten road atmosphere is about as tough as it can get. And Nebraska faces that this week. Um, for me, guys, it starts with Corey Clement. You know, Wisconsin's all Big Ten caliber running back. Uh, before he had his sports hernia injury, he was considered the best running back in the Big Ten. Well, the last two weeks, he looks like that guy. 60 carries, 298 yards versus Ohio State and Iowa. Yeah, <clears throat> he's been playing his best football as of late. I mean, he's the second leading rusher in the Big Ten, 26 nationally, and he is the focal point of that offense, and there's no doubt about it. And Nebraska's played against a pretty darn good backs. I mean, Royce Freeman of Oregon, you know, before he got hurt early on against Nebraska, was considered a potential All-American and even a Heisman Trophy contender. Uh, Justin Jackson against North or from Northwestern, uh, he leads the Big Ten in rushing. But, Brian Hill from Wyoming. Yeah, but across the board, when you ask Nebraska's players and coaches, they all say Corey Clement will be the best running back Nebraska has faced this season. So they're seeing something on film that separates this guy from everybody else. And so I know that you know he's he's obviously earned a. a a spot in Nebraska fans' hearts for his flip phone comments a couple years ago at Media Day when he compared Nebraska to a flip phone and Wisconsin to an iPhone. But, uh, yeah, that, that's a priority number one that is circled in big red ink for Nebraska's defense. Nate, he took his official visit to Lincoln, and I can still remember usually guys kind of give glowing reports. His, his report wasn't that glowing following his trip to Lincoln. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't over the top, but at the same time, it was interesting because this is a kid who who grew up kind of working out with and being around Mike Rozier, and so he knew all about the 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 history at the IBAC position in Nebraska and, and everything, and and that's kind of the reason why Nebraska was in the mix to begin with. So I thought that at the time initially that Nebraska might have a good shot at getting him, but um, you know with all the success that that Wisconsin had had uh, at the running back position over the last few years when he was going through the process and with the their offense how much they run the ball uh, and how everything is geared around that running back I think that's why he initially went there but uh, he's a fire plug he, he's he's got speed but he is hard to tackle if you don't make a tackle on this guy uh, he's got the strength uh, to 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 break it, I mean, you 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 can't you can't expect to bring him down with with arm tackles. It's going to have to be eleven guys running to the football and and wearing Corey Clement down. Otherwise, he's going to wear you down. Yeah, he you know last year Wisconsin was ten and three, a good year obviously for most people's standards, but you know, they lost games to Northwestern, um, you know, or later in the year, and you know some other games like that where um, you know if they have a healthy Clement. I think Wisconsin wins those games and, you know, they beat USC in their bowl game. Uh, but Clement to me is where it starts. I mean, he, if, if they have an NFL caliber running back 
this Wisconsin team is really good, as we know. Monty Ball and Melvin Gordon and guys like that have proven that. James White, mm-hmm. um, he gets forgotten about, but he's I believe he's still playing a lot for the Patriots, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so, th- I mean, they've had an NFL back every year. When Nebraska got a break last year where they started that walk-on, um, and what, oh, how do you pronounce that guy's name? I can't even remember. No. <laughs> Uh, but they've got a guy, you know, and he, he's okay, but huge drop off. Where yeah. I felt like Nebraska shut down the running game of Wisconsin until the fourth quarter, and that was when Nebraska's defense kind of got tired and and wasn't able to stop them. But um, they'll have a good plan. I, I don't think they're going to out scheme Nebraska. I think Mark Banker is going to have a good feel for what the Badgers do. Josh Banderas already told me he's like, hey, if I don't get on that plane bruised and beat up, I'm not. I'm not going to be happy. I want to be in a physical battle this week. I think this comes down more to Nebraska's defense than it is Wisconsin's offense, just because Wisconsin doesn't do anything special. In fact, Mark Banker said they really only have a handful of plays, and they run some variation off those plays You know, with a lot of pre-snap motions and shifts to try and get the defense confused and uh, maybe have some assignment breakdowns, and then they hit you with play-action passes. And so uh, what they're doing is not complicated at all, but what they do is they kind of just wait for defenses to make mistakes, and they, they beat you up physically and then catch you on that one play You know, when you're not on point, and they burn you. So that, that's what it's going to come down to Nebraska. Can that front seven and I guess that defense as a whole stay on their keys through a full four quarters and not slip up? Because if they can play fundamentally sound defense uh, for an entire game, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't see Wisconsin really having anything that's going to overly burn them. It's the play action, though, Nate, right? Yeah, it, it's the play action with uh, Fumagalli, the tight end, is, is arguably, you know, Trent Bray said he's not only their best tight end, but he's probably the best overall wide receiver, has the best hands on the team. So that's a guy that, you know, Dedrick Young, Marcus Newby, they're going to have their work cut out for him, uh, covering that guy and, and not getting sucked into that play action. Um, you know, I think you also have to kind of worry about the, the those jet sweeps to a guy like Jazz Peavy on, on the edges. But for the most part, yeah, I think Mark Branker is right. They they don't do anything too flashy. Um, they just they have a, a bunch of uh, you know different variations out of different formations and will shift you. But um, I, I think that it starts up front. You have to. This is going to be the biggest offensive line that Nebraska has faced. Uh, so that's going to be a test up front for the Huskers. But not getting lulled to sleep with the run and and getting burnt on that play action, I think, is is probably the, the biggest thing for this defense this weekend. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show, this segment brought to you by Tanner Sports Bar and Grill in Omaha and Lincoln. Make sure you check out their location this w- weekend, though, in Middleton, Wisconsin, right across from Nebraska's team hotel. And, um, yeah, one of the things, you know, Nebraska's going to be a lot of base defense this week. I was told uh, earlier this week, look for Aaron Williams to, to kind of patrol the other safety next to Nate Gary, not Kyron Williams. And um, it's, it's hard to, to get a read on that because Kyron had two picks last week. But I think it's a different matchup, a different type of game um, where discipline and technique is going to be really important. And my guess is Aaron Williams probably has the advantage in those areas uh, over Kyron Williams. Yeah, uh, Mark Baker's even said so as much. That's one of Aaron Williams' best attributes is uh, just how mentally engaged he is on every single play. And against an offense like this where, again, all they need is one time you you, you catch you slipping and they burn you. So the, having a guy like Aaron Williams out there I think is going to be important. But Kyron Williams is going to play. I mean, he's been one of their most productive defensive backs as a whole. So he's going to see the field. Uh, it's just a matter of you know making sure guys are, are on their keys. 
Well, to me, Aaron Williams is a guy who is very physical in the run game and run support, but also, obviously, as we've seen from his nickelback position, is uh, very very good in coverage and sound there, too. So he's kind of the maybe the more total package when you're playing a team that, that is more of a run-first uh, run first offense. Well, lots to get you ready for as uh, Nebraska's defense. Uh, we'll get a good physical test here. A lot of teams have been finesse and – and you know, tried to scheme Nebraska with spread formations. This will be a whole different test. Uh, well, we're going to find out just how tough this team is, how ready John Perella has gotten this defensive line. They played really well the last couple of weeks. The D-line, guys like Carlos Davis, Mick Stoltenberg, um, Kevin Maurice have played outstanding football. Ross Azuris as well uh, throughout the course of the year. So uh, lots to get you ready for. When we come back, we're going to take your questions in the mailbag. That's next. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, in any game in the Big Ten, you know, we're not we're not like the Big 12 scoring 60 points and 700 passing yards in a game. You know, points are hard to come by, and, you know, you never know. A kick at the beginning of the game could make a huge difference in the end of the game, and you just got to be able to put points on the board no matter how they come. And welcome back here to the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Nate Klaus, Robin Washett. Now we bring into the program Husker Online intern Matt Reynoldson as we take your weekly questions here in the Husker Online mailbag. And you just heard from Drew Brown um, just the importance of special teams and how points will be at a premium. Our first question here, Matt, in the mailbag has to do with special teams. Yeah, it's from Air Force Husker 34 saying, does Nebraska have the edge in special teams? Uh, I think without a doubt. Um, first of all, in the field goal kicking game, You've got Drew Brown, Raphael Gaglioni for Wisconsin is out. I mean, he's an all-Big Ten caliber, NFL caliber type kicker, so not having him is huge. Uh, the punting situation we know is kind of dicey week to week, but uh, I do think DeMornay Pearsonell in the return game is another advantage for Nebraska, Robin. Yeah, and I guess Endicott, the kid that's replaced Gaglioni, has done a pretty good job. I think they're Wisconsin's 12 of 15 on field goals on the year, but uh, clearly a drop-off. Uh, but you look at Wisconsin down the list, they rank 10th in kickoff returns, dead last in the league in punting, 10th in kickoff returns. And they do rank first overall in the league in kickoff coverage, so that might be one area where they, they have an edge. But I think overall, when you factor in Drew Brown, you factor in the way Caleb Lightborn has been playing lately, and the return game with DeMornay Pearsonell, Nebraska has a clear edge in this one. And more starters have volunteered themselves on special Josh teams. Josh Banderas. Brandon Riley, um, you know, Brandon Riley put himself on punt return. He said, I saw too much film, basically, where we had missed blocks for DeMornay. Uh, that could have been touchdown. So Brandon Riley, Josh Banderas, some other key frontline guys have said, Bruce Reed, get me on there, buddy. And and, uh, I think that's – and I'm sure Bruce Reed's like, yeah, let's do it. I want the best guys possible. Next question. Moving on, who would be a player that we haven't heard much from through the first seven games who will step up as an impact player over the next five? Um, That's that's a tough one. Um, (laughs) I didn't even. I mean, Dedrick Young, I think, has been playing really well at linebacker, and I think as these games change to more physical running games, the linebackers are going to have bigger roles. Um, I could see Dedrick Young being someone that hasn't gotten a lot of press from us um, locally here. Uh, being a guy that steps up, I would say stick with the linebacker theme, and especially for Saturday, I'll throw out Marcus Newby. Uh, he's probably going to be assigned with covering uh, Wisconsin's tight end and their leading receiver, Tony Fumagalli, uh, quite a bit in one-on-one. So he is going to have to have a big day uh, for Nebraska to be able to contain that play-action passing game and neutralize uh, the Badgers' best you know, receiving weapon. I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball and 
<clears throat> and it's not a guy. I mean, we've heard a little bit from him in DeMornay personnel. You know, he had a nice touchdown reception last last week, but I still think that he has his best yet to come. I think he's going to be uh, – I think he's poised to have a breakout game both offensively and on special teams. So uh, he's my guy that I, I think uh, was going to have a couple shining moments coming up. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. We're taking your questions here in the mailbag. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, and Nate Klaus. Take it away, Matt Reynoldson. What will be a <clears> – <throat> What will be a bigger challenge for the Huskers this weekend? The overcoming injuries or getting past the mental challenges of past failures versus Wisconsin? Are the cough problems on this radio show right now? <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a big problem for all of us currently. Uh, I think the injuries, um, so much is made uh, about the past. Well, very few of these guys were even a part of the 14 game. Some guys were like Westerkamp and Banderas and Nathan Gary. Um, but I, I think the protection issues up front are real and going against a stout front like Wisconsin. Um, that is my biggest concern. And also the road atmosphere. Uh, when's the last time Robin Nebraska has played in a truly hostile road environment? I mean, 2014, Iowa, that'd probably be the most, uh, the closest hostile. Uh, yeah. Like high intensity, hostile, and just kind of nasty environment. Cause Every other game has been darn near a home game. You're for right. I mean, Northwestern, Indiana, Illinois. I mean, that's those are yawners. I mean, this is going to be a complete change of pace for a lot of young guys that have never played in an environment like this. False start penalties could really be oh, an issue. Yeah, especially with those new guys on the offensive line. Yeah, I think the injuries is by far the biggest concern. Uh, you know, when you talk with some of the players this week about the past, I, I just don't buy into that's something that, that they're dwelling on or that uh, that's something that they're holding on to. I think it's all about what's, what's ahead of them them and uh and the biggest concern is injuries no doubt you're listening here to the husker online show as we take your questions in the mailbag what do you have next matt well a little over, we're a little over the midway through the year uh what's been the biggest surprise so far for this team uh i mean seven and zero to me is not a huge surprise because las vegas actually said it could happen um nebraska was favored in all seven games so i i can't i can't say that that was i think newbie um especially the way ozigbo started I didn't expect newbie to kind of take off like he has. I mean, that that's been not a pleasant surprise, but it surprised me because mm -hmm. this is a guy that typically the running back position, true freshman, true sophomore guys, they, you know what they have right away. You don't see a guy do it like as a senior. So I think that's been a surprise for me. I'm going to go with the fourth quarters and the way Nebraska all of a sudden learned how to win games uh, in the final minutes. I mean, you look back to last year, how many times did that bite them? I mean, just it losses that, you know, wins where they snatched defeat through the hands of victory. And now they're closing games out, you know, better than we've ever seen them. I mean, the fourth quarter edge that this team has had uh, is the story of this season. Uh, I mean, there's been so many close games that they've been able to finish out. And the, the, the fact that they weren't able to do that at all last year has been a complete 180s flip. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with you know some of the walk-ons up front on the offensive line. I mean that's been kind of uh, to me something that that stood out because you've had some injuries up front and typically you would see some scholarship guys be the next man up that Cav has talked about, but it's been walk-ons. So moving on to a recruiting question, I'm going to kind of mold a few of the recruiting questions together. What's the situation like at running back? Um, well, right now it's it's an interesting one because there isn't uh, necessarily a top guy at the board, um, you know that that Nebraska is, seems to have a great shot with. Um, you know the the top guy on their board right now is Stephen Carr, 
but they're still working to, to secure that official visit. I think that they will get an official visit from him, but he's still committed to USC, still to kind of taking a look around at some other programs. So it's not a slam dunk. Um, and there, there aren't a, there, it doesn't seem like there are a lot of guys that they are in love with. They, they like a lot of guys, but I don't know if there's a lot of guys that, that they would do anything to get, you know, that they're selling out to get. So uh, that's kind of an interesting situation to see, and I, I don't know exactly how that's going to unfold. we got time for one or two more here as we take your questions in the mailbag. How many touchdowns does Tommy Armstrong need to account for on Saturday for the Huskers to win this game? I mean, I think two at honestly, least, least. two and in, in some field goals. I mean, honestly, twenty-four to twenty-seven points will win the game for Nebraska. Yeah, if they get to twenty-four. I love Nebraska's chances, and so and Tommy's got to be a huge part of that. And I think his running ability is going to have to really pick up. And honestly, I think that Nebraska has been kind of cautious over the last few weeks. And so you look at the numbers he's put up, you know, against Illinois and Indiana and Purdue. I think you're going to see them kind of let him loose a little bit more just because they have to. I mean, they have to find ways to add some versatility and some wrinkles to that running game. You can't just rely on Terrell Newby to try and beat Wisconsin inside the tackles because it's not going to happen. So they have to utilize Tommy as a runner. So if he can get, you know, anywhere up around, you know, 70, 80 or even more yards, I mean, that's that's huge for Nebraska. Well, Nebraska guys, they they their highest output in Big Ten plays 31 points, and that, that was – against Illinois, but they're really only averaging about 27 a game in the conference. So it's not like 24 would be, you know, crazy. I mean, that, right. that's realistic, I think, right now. Nate? Yeah, I think Tommy's got to account for uh, at least a score or two on the ground and then is going to need to be responsible for a, a touchdown or two through the air. Well, it should be an interesting game. Uh, we're taking Matt with us to Wisconsin, so we're going to get him um, used to Madison. It's going to be a fun time, Matt. We're looking forward to having you this weekend with us in Madison. I'm looking forward to State Street. <laughs> all right. Well, just just be careful. <laughs> be careful down there. But all right, when we come back, we're going to wrap the show up. Uh, Nate Klaus is going to give us some thoughts on recruiting. The Husker staff was out in full force last Friday night at some um, in-state games as well as uh, some key official visitors. That's all next here. You're listening to the Husker Online Show. You're listening to HuskerOnline.com, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the program is Sean Callahan and Nate Klaus. Uh, we gear you up here with some recruiting thoughts uh, before Saturday's Nebraska-Wisconsin game. It's a 6 o'clock game here on ESPN. And, Nate, let's get down to the visitors first. Nebraska had a couple of four-star visitors in Lincoln. Um, what They were both commits to other schools. Uh, what were your thoughts on just how the weekend went for the Huskers with the number of visitors that were in town? Yeah, it was still another very good weekend. Not as big as what we've seen in the past, but two very high-quality prospects in town, both committed uh, to other programs. Tariq Johnson, the four-star wide receiver out of Buena Park, California, committed to Cal. Uh, but this is a kid that Nebraska's been on a very long time. They they offered him back in February, and Keith Williams has been on him uh, very hard since that time. He's big 6'3", 215, 220-pound kid, so a very big physical guy. And I think that's something that Nebraska really wants in this recruiting class. They want a big-bodied wide receiver, someone out on the perimeter that gives them a big physical presence out there. So uh, that's why Nebraska is still going after Tariq Johnson. And he came up with his parents, and he, he said it was an eye-opening experience. Uh, he had heard all about Nebraska and what the visit was like and what to expect. And, and really, all these kids – especially the California kids, the word of mouth has really 
been doing Nebraska wonders because there's been so many kids from California that have visited and gone back home and said, hey, man, you got to go check out Nebraska. It's crazy. So um, everything that lived up to the expectations are for Tariq Johnson and and even more so, especially when they really got into the the academics uh, and everything. This is that's something that's very important to Tariq. Uh, he wants to be an engineer uh, after after football is over with, and uh, meeting with the engineering department at Nebraska and, and all the academic support staff and the life skills department. And everything was was huge for him and his family. And I think uh, you know he said something to me that kind of stood out. He said, "I asked him, you know, where are you at right now with your commitment to Cal following this Nebraska visit? Does that do anything with you?" And uh, and he said, well, I'd like to tell you more about that right now, but I can't say a whole lot. He said, but I will, if something cha- is changing, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know. So that kind of gave me the impression that there's, you know, the possibility of a, of a flip could be forthcoming from him. He doesn't have any other visits scheduled. So, uh, and like I said, he's got a great relationship with Keith Williams. So we'll see what happens there. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show as we talk recruiting storylines with Nate Klaus as Nebraska had another uh, weekend, not quite as many visitors, but Nate, you know, I'm, I'm going back and I'll get this question all the time. Why haven't, you know, Nebraska, how, how come they haven't gotten commits from visitors? I'm looking at the visitor list and it's a long list of visitors. In fact, Nebraska's had more official visitors than anybody in the country. Of all the guys that have visited so far to Lincoln, only one that was undecided has made his decision. And, and that was Jalen Red. He committed to Oregon. Other than that, every single guy that has visited Lincoln still remains on the board as an uncommitted prospect. So it, it just kind of tells you the thought process of some of these guys as, as they line up their visit weekends. Yeah, th- I mean, this is the time of year. There's a little bit of a lull in recruiting in terms of commitments. You don't just don't see a bunch of string, uh, you know, commitments happening all over the place. And especially with these highly recruited guys, if they go into the season not having committed to a school, um, it's it's usually because they're bound and determined to take at least a handful of their visits. Maybe not all five, but probably you know two, three, or f- maybe even four visits before they go ahead and make a decision. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now. Um, or they made a commitment very early on and are still taking visits uh, and going to kind of finalize their recruiting process at, at the at the end of the season type of deal. And that's kind of what Greg Johnson is doing, um, the, the four-star athlete out of, out of uh, Los Angeles Hawkins High School that visited Nebraska last weekend. He committed to Arizona on March 1st last spring um, and, and had been pretty solid to them up until this point in time. Nebraska was his first official visit. And, and he made it to Lincoln basically because of uh, of what Joseph Lewis, the five-star wide receiver of his, uh, you know, his teammate and really his best friend had told him about Nebraska after he'd visited three different times. And, and his coaches who came with Joseph Lewis in August, you know, their experiences at Nebraska really kind of uh, led to this visit happening. And uh, and he's an interesting prospect because he, he wants to play cornerback, but he's good enough to, to play running back or wide receiver. And Nebraska actually talked with him about playing on both sides of the football, uh, maybe starting out at cornerback, but having some packages on offense. So uh, that's that's pretty intriguing uh, to him. And, and a lot of the teams that are recruiting him are, are talking with him about that. But uh, again, glowing review, but he's he's kind of taking the time here. Uh, I think that Nebraska has positioned themselves to possibly uh, gain his commitment down the road. When I asked him about future visits. He said, yeah, probably take an official visit to Notre Dame and probably go back to Arizona. 
but I, he didn't seem very enthusiastic about those visits, or, or certainly those have not been locked up or, or set up just yet. So we'll see what happens. But Arizona's having kind of a down year, and I, I think that this is kind of a, one of those kids that's primed for the taking for Nebraska. You know, Nebraska's coaches, Nate, um, another thing this past week, they were out at seven different in-state games with eight coaches. Uh, the only two of the available ten that weren't out, Mark Banker and Danny Langsdorf, because they had to be back at the team hotel probably running the meetings and, and kind of organizing things on Friday night for the Huskers uh, before the Purdue game. But pretty impressive to see that many guys out. We saw guys in Stromsburg, Grand Island, Beatrice, Lincoln, Omaha, uh, quite a canvassing of the state here on a Friday night. Yeah, I mean, before a Friday night before a home football game, I don't think I've ever seen seven or eight different coaches out on the road catching seven different football games uh, around the state. I, it's just something that, is, that doesn't happen very often, and I think it's a good move uh, by this staff. Not only are they seeing some of the top, you know, commitments, um, you know, around the around the state, but they're getting good eyes on on some un, up and coming underclass and also some really good walk-on prospects in this 2017 class as well and and kind of just making their presence felt and showing showing those kids some love which which you got to do especially uh, since the I guess that relationship the in-state recruiting relationship between the Huskers and and um, all the Nebraska high school football coaches and players has been kind of strained over the last really over the last decade I'd say so I think it was a good move by Mike Riley. Just show that you're watching. Yeah, just show them that you are taking notice and and that uh, that you respect them and and that you know that they're there. That that's really all it boils down to is just give them some attention. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of like an old dog. You know, uh, they may they may just kind of lay around all the time, but they want you to you know pay a little attention to them or, or give them a, give them a scratch behind the ear every now and then or throw them a bone every now and then. And that's kind of what uh, what we saw this past weekend I think it was a smart move uh, by by the staff yeah you even had Bruce Reed out looking at a kicker from Burke um, do you know much about that guy yeah Cole from he's uh he's very interesting kicker this is a kid who has, is about 6'5", 210 pound kid really he's a soccer player long levered guy uh, sounds he, like another guy out of Burke a couple years ago yeah yeah Alex Henry yeah uh, and he it has a very very strong leg. I, I think the statistics on his kickoffs, especially, is uh, I think he's kicked off 66 times, and 63 of them have been touchbacks, uh, which and, and a lot of those are going through the uprights um, on his kickoffs in high school, which is something you don't necessarily see all the time. So he has a very very strong leg, and, and that I think, body size you can get strong. Exactly, and that's and that's kind of an ideal uh, size for for a punter too. So if you can get a, a, a kicker in who's 6'4", 6'5", uh, with a big, long long legs. Uh, that's I think it's usually something that a guy like Bruce Reed should be able to work with and, and mold into a pretty darn good kicker down the road. And briefly, we were planning on sending out to Columbia to watch Husker commit Javon McQuitty. Um, he is not playing as of now with an injury. Where will you be this weekend, Nate? Yeah, we're, we're actually, uh, now that Javon's out with a shoulder injury, which isn't very serious by the fact that, uh, or by the way, I, I think that they're just kind of uh, wanting to make sure that he's 100% healthy before uh, they get into 
the the meat of their playoff schedule here. Uh, although they do, they need to get through this first round here. But uh, we're going to be heading down to to Mustang, Oklahoma, to catch defensive tackle commit DeAndre Thomas, who is a guy we we've seen a lot of film on, but we haven't seen in person. I'm really interested to to actually uh, watch him perform in person because he's been downright dominant uh, so far this fall. Well, looking forward to that coverage. We will have that up on the site late Friday night, early Saturday. Uh, so make sure you're on Husker Online, full coverage of DeAndre Thomas's game this weekend. Then obviously we'll be in Madison with the entire Husker Online team uh, with complete coverage of the game here against Wisconsin. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 